what it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at RadioJustice.org. For something new or unusual to talk about, for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today on Conversation Piece, we meet Park Mesa Heights neighborhood and a couple of its stakeholders. My guests, Khalid Al-Aleem, president of Park Mesa Heights Community Council, and Julia Smith, at-large representative candidate for Park Mesa Heights. Do you attend your neighborhood council meetings? Or do you know the power of neighborhood councils to protect community needs against corporate greed? Find out today and welcome to Conversation Peace. Julia Smith, welcome to Conversation Peace. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, most definitely. And we have to thank um, a mutual friend of ours, Monica Larkins Coffee who connected us. I know, isn't that awesome? I know, right? Right? I am so grateful that she, you know, thought of this because I didn't know you were doing this. I knew you were out in the world doing wonderful things. Unfortunately, we lost contact. Yes. But we are connected. Yes. And let's take this world by storm. I'm so ready and I'm so proud of you. Oh, why, thank you, thank (laughs) you, thank you. And I'm excited that you are continuing in politics. Yes. So why don't you let the conversation piece audience know who you are I, I know i know who you are right 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 and that you have um done some some um political working in the city of compton and now you are in the park mesa heights area where you want to run for at large representative so let us know who you are and what does the art at large representative do for park mesa heights council okay well To begin with, I've always been interested um, in politics. I couldn't wait to get out of grad school and get out of UC Berkeley so I could go change the world and make a difference. And I have to be honest, when I my first experience working um, on a political campaign, I became a little disenchanted because, unfortunately, I saw that people really weren't interested in improving the quality of life of their constituents. Once I finally, you know, had the opportunity to work closely with the politician, and I'm not going to mention any names, I became a little disenchanted. Uh, I didn't see that people were really working and interested and concerned about the community. They were just kind of, you know, just clout chasing rather, you know, just wanted to get their name up in lights. And I just said, you know what, politicians, they don't care. Why am I going to give my energy? Why should I even care? You know, you can't make a difference. But then maybe a couple of years later, um, I became a home care provider. And I became a member of a union, SEIU 2015. And that was the big change for me because I had the opportunity to meet so many men and women who harness their efforts together to protect their jobs and to fight for dignity and respect. And, you know, no one grows up and says, hey, I want to be a home care worker. I was forced into it. You know, my mother became very ill. Um, But I don't want to get into that. I really want to focus on the power that unions have. And I'm very grateful for my experience with the union because they instilled in me that People can make a difference. People can make change and that we're all leaders. So I'm running for at-large representative because I believe that communities can be empowered when they talk to each other, they find creative spaces where they can have where they can have dialogue about how they can make a difference because we all have something to contribute. But unfortunately, a lot of people just don't believe it. You know, we've been disenfranchised. People don't believe in elections anymore. They don't think voting matters. They don't think their vote counts. And I'm just here to tell everyone that is not true. We have been manipulated. You do have a voice and you can make a difference. And the first thing you can do or you can begin with starting with your neighborhood council. So 
I'm running an at-large representative because I already have a proven track record at being at-large. I have knocked on thousands of doors. I'm from Palos Verdes to Malibu. In the hood, <laughs> in the barrios, in the ghettos, I'm there. Knocking on doors, letting community members know about elections, what propositions are on, or it's, you know, are on the ballot, and, you know, letting them know who's running, you know, just giving them basic information. That's all people need. People, if they, when they, once they have the information and they feel included, then they feel empowered. They go to a neighborhood council and they get inspired. That's what happened to me. So I'm just asking everyone who's listening, find your neighborhood council, go to a meeting. I'm not saying you have to go to every meeting. I understand life is busy. People are overwhelmed with their own personal things. But please. You go to a neighborhood council, listen to what they're saying. And it only makes sense that everyone would want to uh, participate in their neighborhood council. Because why would you want a few people, meaning the council, to make decisions that could impact your life and the life of your family? And then the purpose <clears throat> of the neighborhood council, we know there was a neighborhood council movement mm -hmm. that L.A. City wanted to. Yes, put some power within the community sort of like break down the um the gap right the, the power the power there, gap absolutely and so the neighborhood council what is the purpose of the neighborhood councils well the purpose of the neighbor neighborhood council is to address the ideas and concerns of community members and deliver those concerns and ideas directly to the city council directly to the mayor that that's the responsibility of the council is to address the issues of the uh, of the of their community members bring it to the forefront and share ideas as to how they can solve community problems right and to show what their specific needs are mm -hmm. and making what a, that community more and livable uh, increasing safety and, and, and actually let's go back a little bit when you were talking about knocking on doors from Palos Verdes to to Malibu mm -hmm. and and everything in between yes. what was that platform well at the time um when I was well I'm always going to be a a, a member of the union but we were trying to increase our membership and we don't do that through social media. <laughs> we go directly to their homes, knock on their doors, and start the dialogue. Hey, your jobs, your check is in jeopardy, you know. Um, many people, being a home care worker, is the only source of income that they have. And they're forced to, many people are forced to leave their job so that they can take care of, of a loved one. So many people who are home care workers and they're receiving IHSS checks, they don't even understand there's a bigger picture behind this. There's many, um, how can I explain this? Unfortunately, there's many people who believe that taking care of a home care, I mean, taking care of someone in the home is a personal responsibility, that you shouldn't be paid to do such a job. And that's absurd. <laughs> Because it's another job to care for someone, to see that they're getting their medication, to make sure that they're getting to their doctor's appointments. Even the best doctor, without a home care worker on his team, he cannot, or he or she cannot fully expect that a patient is going to recover at home successfully and thrive at home alone. And that's what's so... Um, wonderful about home care so at, with the at-large representative you're not foreign to hitting the concrete hard absolutely <laughs> and letting people know no. that there is a community um council in your area so park mesa where is park mesa well park mesa okay park mesa is in the heart of la it covers um from 43rd street to Vernon, all the way to Arlington, and Arlington, as you go south, turns into Vanez, and it stops at Florence. I'm talking about the boundaries for right, Park the boundaries, Mason, right. the boundaries, okay? So, from Florence and Vanez, all the way to Crenshaw, is Park Mesa Heights. Then, um, west of Crenshaw Boulevard, Park Mesa goes from Crenshaw all the way to Buckler. 
and I know this is getting a little confusing. Right, sparks, so there's a lot of zigzagging. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. There's a lot of zigzagging. It's not just one straight line. So, you know, if you think you live close to Park Mesa Heights, um, if you live, you know, in the View Park, Windsor Hills area, you need to check online and see, you know, if you live in Park Mesa Heights. Because many people are not aware that they live in Park Mesa Heights. And you know why? Because you haven't been to a neighborhood council meeting. You come to a meeting, you'll know exactly where you live. Okay, so when (laughs) when we come, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll we'll talk about what are the duties of the at-large representative and what are the concerns that you have in the Park Mesa Heights area. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Piece. We'll hear more from Julia Smith, at-large representative candidate for Park Mesa Heights Community Council. And enjoy the music. We'll be right back. As a SEIU 2015 member organizer, Julia Smith knows that when people stand together, they can win. There's power in the collective. Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with guest Julia Smith. Julia, you you gave me so much information just about the home care um, situation, and we talked briefly about that off air because I'm sure many people... Uh, have loved ones that need to be taken care of and what have you where we may need to do a show about that Mm -hmm. later but in the park mesa heights area it looks like it encompasses a lot of different regions hyde park um um, mesa heights Mm -hmm. and just all going along the the crenshaw corridor it looks like from from crenshaw to arlington as close to Inglewood and just um, meaning because we're getting to Florence mm-hmm. and going as far north as 43rd Street, which basically is as Vernon me- me- meandering mm-hmm. around to Slauson, covering Nipsey Hussle <laughs> yes. Plaza, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle Square, yeah. Right, Nipsey Hussle Square. So that that's a pretty large area right there. What is happening in the area that concerns you, that made you want to run for this candidacy? I'm very concerned about the homeless um, epidemic. Um, it's very unfortunate to see hardworking people at jeopardy of losing their homes. I mean, I know people who are working check to check (laughs) two jobs and they cannot afford to live in Park Mesa Heights. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling and it's um, often, you know, very sad. And 
I'm concerned we have so many developments coming into the community, building homeless um, um, apartments, uh, apartments rather for homeless, for the homeless. And it kind of doesn't make sense because we have gentrification and we have the, the community, we have these corporations coming in to build more housing for the homeless. But what about the people who are at risk? Of being homeless themselves how we you know how are we going to take care of those people how do we take care of that problem before bringing in more homeless people because there's homeless people there there are many people who are already at risk and they may not be eligible to move into these new developments how can we take how can we ensure that the people who live in park mesas can stay in park mesa and not have to be displaced so I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned um, about that. I'm also concerned that um, many of these corporations have already, you know, been to bed or <laughs> with some of the, you know, of our local officials and they've had their projects approved. And how can you approve a project that's not a win-win situation? Ultimately, some of these projects are going to inevitably create more problems for the people who are struggling to stay there. I mean, you're, they're building units i think there's a unit and i don't want to say the name but there's a unit being built i think it's close to 100 or 200 units and they only have nine parking spaces nine parking spaces you know basically they're assuming that homeless people don't have cars or don't need cars and second of all they're not even concerned about the congestion that it's going to create so I'm hoping and I'm very confident that in the future, we're not going to allow any more of these projects that are coming in, not consulting with us and not having a vision. You know, why, 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 why build a project and then we have to say, okay, oh, now we have a problem. Why can't we anticipate the problem and stop the problem before it even occurs? We have to have preventive measures. We can't just, you know, willy-nilly around, you know, saying, oh, yeah, we're trying to help the homeless, and then you're creating more problems. That's not going to work. We need to have win-win situations. We want to help the homeless. I, I know Park Mesa, the council, they want to help the homeless. They don't want to be overwhelmed. <laughs> with this homeless situation but we have a lot of things that we have to address we got to help the homeless and we have to find find a way to defend ourselves from gentrification and defend ourselves from being displaced and we can only do that if we all come together and discuss different avenues different ideas because the more we talk about it and the more we share amongst ourselves we eventually will come up with an answer now, I know that you personally um, do things with um, homeless transition. Yes. Uh, my grandmother has a property um, very close to Park Mesa Heights. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's View, it's View Park. So um, it's not in the Park Mesa boundaries. However, um, it's a three-bedroom house, and it's a shared housing facility. And, uh, you know, I presented this to my grandmother about two years ago. I said, grandmother, you know, hey, you know, I found out that there's a homeless situation and they can't fix the problem unless community members, you know, get involved. And she was, you know, she was reluctant at first. She's like, I don't know. I don't want anybody tearing up my property. You know how grandmothers are. Right. She's like, I don't know. And I said, grandma, let's just give it a chance, you know. And so um, for the last two years, it's been a rewarding um, experience, um, you know, giving people shelter and seeing them, you know, thrive and going to school and moving on you know it's just a transition and a lot of these people they just need time and space to to recover from tragedy whether it's homelessness or they lost their job or, um, uh, they lost a, a loved one who was you know the breadwinner in the family I mean there's so many reasons why people are homeless and I and in Park Mesa I want to fight against anti-homelessness I want to fight against people judging those who are less fortunate I want to fight against anti-poor anti-black anti-brown we can 
we just don't have any place for that. And, and, and as our communities change, you know, we're not homogenous anymore. I mean, we're very diverse and there's beauty in diversity. There's talent in diversity. And as a at-large representative, I'm going to tap into that and bring all of those talents and connect the dots and bring the people who are concerned and who are compassionate. If we all come together, we can clear, we will definitely, um, we can definitely be a social force to to improve the quality of life of Park Mesa. Now, I know that in order to participate in the in the elections, mm -hmm. you have to be a stakeholder. How do you become a what what qualifies you as as a voting person for Park Mesa Heights? Yeah, it's interesting that you ask me that because when I, um, I was canvassing last Saturday, a gentleman said to me, "Oh, but you know, I don't. I'm not a homeowner." Um, you know, uh, you know, stakeholder, you know, you, that means you got to own property. No, it doesn't mean you have to own property. And that's another thing I want to talk about later. But um, to be a stakeholder means you live, you work, you worship, or you um, belong to a nonprofit organization in the um, neighborhood. And you can be 14 years of age, which I think is a wonderful concept because we have to start getting young people, um, getting them ready and prepared. Because we have a lot of big elections coming up, especially in Los Angeles. And, and I know that you've been, you um, some of the people that you've been encouraging to become a stakeholder, you've been um, leading them to Los Angeles Black Workers Center. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. Um, the Black Workers Center is doing wonderful things, and they're fighting the good hard fight. Um, they are fighting against um, discrimination. Um, in the workplace against black and brown um, people. So um, they really need support. And, and that's another thing I want to encourage the, the listeners. Um, I want to encourage all the listeners to find a nonprofit or a community-based organization in your community um, that you perhaps um, would be interested in, you know, people fighting for justice. These small organizations need support just your membership alone can keep the lights on <laughs> keep the um, keep the maintenance and the grounds clean and you know if you have the heart and you have something to contribute go there find someone they'll listen and they will embrace your thoughts and your ideas and just think if each and every person um, adopted or extended themselves to a, a nonprofit in their community you know, somewhere they can walk to or they can reach and they can see, um, the, they can see the, um, see the benefits of, you know, of their participation and engagement. In the neighborhood council. In the neighborhood, in the neighborhood council at your neighborhood, um, you know, your neighborhood uh, y, YMCA or your, um, there's. L-A-B-W-C. There are right. numerous. There, there's numerous. I can't, you know. Right. I can't even. You do the work, you know. You do the work. Find them. They're out there and they're waiting, looking and hoping each and every day that people will come and become a member or, you know, or, or volunteer or donate food. You know, right. there's a lot of volunteers there, you know, and they're and they're working for free and they're working hard um, to to fight for justice. That's what that everything we're talking about right now. It's all about justice. So I, I please, I, I just urge anyone who's listening to to find an, a a nonprofit in your community right around the corner. I promise you, if you just take a walk, you will find a center or a place somewhere where they're helping people. When you were out canvassing, you said that you came across some millennials <laughs> who who, uh, who sort of bucked at you a little bit and said, uh, Congresswoman Waters, no, you right. know, she's old, she's out of touch and, right. and what have you. How did that story go? <clears throat> well, I was working on an election and um, like you said, I ran across some millennials and they bucked. And I, I said, listen, you know. It's important to vote. And they said, why is it important? You know, why should we listen to you? And I said, well, okay, fine. If you're not going to listen to me, who would you listen to? And they said, well, we'll listen to Nipsey Hussle. 
And I was shocked. I said, Nipsey Hussle, you know, I, I was familiar with him as an artist and as a rapper and uh, being a local artist. I was very familiar with his music, but I was not familiar um, with his um his voice for socioeconomic justice. So I started to follow him and I and I listened to his music, not just party to, I started listening and listening. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, you know, he's really trying to do the good fight through his art artistry. And I, I told myself, oh, you know, one, I, I would like to meet him and I wanted to share, you know, my ideas with him and let him know um, that he wasn't alone, you know, I just don't know how to do it, but you have the platform and I'll push it. And unfortunately, I didn't have that opportunity. So um, this is why I'm running, because I hesitated. And I'm asking the listeners today not to hesitate, to get involved and get engaged and you can make a difference. But if you want to get involved, you most definitely need to go to parkmesaheights.org. And that's where you will um, see Julia Smith, her, her running statement and learn and, and see a picture of her also and um and see some of the other board members for the park mesa heights community council now the park mesa heights election is saturday june 15th from 9 a.m to 2 p.m at ascension lutheran church hall at 5820 west boulevard in los angeles if you are at least 14 years old and live work own property or declare a stake in the neighborhood, you can vote on June 15th. Go to parkmesaheights.org for more details. I'm Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Peace on radiojustice.org. We'll be back with Khalid Al-Ali, president of Park Mesa Community Council. Now it's time for our wrap-up. Let's give it everything we've got. Ready? Begin. Artificial amateurs on it all amazing Analytically I assault animate things Broken barriers bounded by the bomb beat Buildings are broken basically I'm bombarding Casually create catastrophes Casualties canceling cats got the canopies collapsing Detonate a diamond tank daily doing dope Demonstrations Don Dada on the down low Eating other editors with each and every energetic Epileptic episode elevated etiquette Furious fat fabulous fantastic Flurries of funk felt feeding the fanatics gift got great global goods gone glorious getting godly in this game with the glorious hit them high hella hype historic oh hey holocaust hymns hear them holler at your homeboy imitators idolize i intimidate in an instant i'll rise in an irate state juiced on my jams like jerry curls jocking joints justly it's just me writing my journals kindly i'm kindling all kinds of king kong karate kick type writs in my kingdom let me live along like lyrically lessons is learned lame louses just lose to my leverage my mind makes marvelous moves masses Marvel and move, many mock what I mastered. Niggas nap knowing I'm nice naturally. Mac never lack, make noise nationally. Operation opposition off, not optional. Out of sight, out of mind, widening opticals, perfected poems. Powerful punchlines, pummeling, petty powder puffs in my primes. Quite quaint posts, keep quiet as quantum. Quarrelers ain't got a quarter of a we gotta. Really raw raps, rising up rapidly, riding the rushing radio activity. Super scientific, sound search sought. Silencing, stupefy saps that are soft. Tales ten times talented, too tough. Take that, challengers, get a tune up. Universe. Unique, untouched, unadulterated, the raw, uncut. Verb by smart, victorious, valid. Violate vibes that are vain, make them vanish. While I'm all well, what a wise word. Smith just weaving up words, weed it up on my work shift. Xerox, my x radiation glows extra large. X height letters, it's xylophone tones. Yellow back, neck, mouth, young ones, y'all. Yesterday's lawn yard, cell I yawn. Zigzag zombie, zooming to the scene of zero wins and thoughts over zealous rhyme. Z lot. <laughs> Good. Can you say it faster? Welcome back to Conversation Peace on RJLA. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with our next guest, Khalid Al-Aleem, president of Park Mesa Heights Community Council. Brother Khalid, welcome back to Conversation Peace. You know, this is my favorite place in the world. Thank you for having me back there. Always. You know, you are always welcome. Well, Park Mesa Heights didn't know that you, I guess I should should know that whenever there's anything that's happening around the area that you live in, you are involved in it. But I did not know that you were the president of that community council. How did you get involved with Park Mesa? And what's the beauty of Park Mesa before we get into the challenges? 
Wow. So, um, and you have to excuse my voice because I just caught a little cold. So um, um, if I'm a little scratchy or, or back and forth, uh, just, just bear with me, please. But I started this, this journey back in 2004. I believe the community council was created in 2003 when it was actually certified by the city of Los Angeles. And I started off as the, the community schools engaged in being more, uh, I guess, receptive to the community council and then trying to broaden what's going on not only in the schools, but uh, how, can the, how can the community council help the schools themselves? Then I, I kind of kept going on, and, and, and I, I, I just got the feeling, wow, that this is the opportunity to really make a change. Uh, a little caveat, I'm a military veteran. I left home, my community of Hyde Park, in 85. I've been, I would say, almost around the world to include Central America, and when... I visited those places. I, I could just tell you they were nice. Um, some places I loved the weather, some I didn't. But the fact of the matter is there was no place like home. And so even in the military, I started, you know, getting that discrimination feel. Uh, you know, there were certain individuals in the military with more rank that was letting me know I was fighting in the wrong army. And so what I did was I came back home and I decided to do it full time. And that's where I'm at right now. I started off as the youth rep. I moved up to the high park representative, vice president twice, and now I'm the president. What are some of the challenges that you're facing in Park Mesa? Well, the beauty and the challenges. The beauty of it is, again, there's no place like home. And I've been in a lot of places to, to include outside the continental U.S. And I could tell you, it's just a camaraderie. Uh, people speak of camaraderie in terms of gangs, but it's very neighborly. It's very community-like in Hyde Park, Angeles, Mesa, and View Heights. And people are really concerned about some of the issues that are going on in our respective communities, but the Crenshaw District as a whole. Some of the challenges we face, basically the reason why the community councils were created is because we needed a voice closer to City Hall or be able to engage City Hall. It's an all-volunteer uh, organization we don't get paid anything it's just passion determination and commitment to our communities using our skill sets to hopefully make it better and right now the challenges are of course homelessness workforce development we're getting people jobs you know in underserved communities our community schools are very subpar that includes both public and traditional there's no way around it so the the, the fundamental building blocks of our community are disenfranchised, disengaged, and the community councils are a great way to re-engage and to increase and raise the standard of, of quality in life in our communities. Now I understand before you came here to the studio, you met with five block clubs, and that is something that the neighborhood council is to create block clubs within the Park Mesa area. So five block clubs got together. What happened at this meeting? Oh, wow, it was wonderful. Basically, again, that neighborly feeling. One particular block club decided, you know, to meet in someone's home, and they outgrew it. That's, that's, the, that's the beauty of this. They outgrew it. So now they were in a church not too far from where everybody lives, right there in 54th and um, West Boulevard area. So they were talking about some of the issues that we are facing in the community in terms of what I had just mentioned earlier. Housing, the homelessness, the houselessness, and basically what are we doing to beautify and transform our community? The Crenshaw LAX rail line runs at grade, which means above ground from 48th Street to 60th Street, basically decimating the businesses that are along that Crenshaw corridor. And so these are some of the issues that we want to re-engage the community about. And what we're finding is there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of yearning to understand what is our role as community stakeholders? What do we need to do in order to get those down in City Hall to listen to us and to make the quality and standard of life in our communities better? Do you guys know what the ultimate goal the city plans are for your area once the train is completed and just just how it's going to look over there yeah that, that's a great question angela uh geez we've been through this for years now i mean over decades 
the community stakeholders, even before there was a community council, always tried to engage City Hall about the needs and necessities for our community. And as you can understand, during the riots and, 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 and what came after that aftermath, we're trying to rebuild from the ashes. We're trying to make sure that the Phoenix rises from the ashes. And so the community council is that platform, that voice where everybody in the communities can come together and we can hash things out. We can collaborate. We can network. But we can definitely deal and come up with creative solutions to the problems that are in our community. So from, I guess you would say, the riots or, or the civil uprising to now, we've seen a dramatic change in our communities. And it hasn't necessarily been for the better. I mean, we've went through a period of a lot of gang violence, a lot of police brutality, a lot of lack of economic development. So right now, I, I believe we're at the cusp of trying to turn this ship around. And so because of the community council and because of stakeholders whom I met today at this, this meeting, we're re-engaging with one another, demonstrating that we're showing that we do have strength in numbers. And now we're going to speak and act in a cohesive and concerted way in order to make sure that we do address the needs of our of the Crenshaw district. Or I know one of the needs you were talking about is the developers coming into the area and taking blocks of single family residences and then erecting a multi unit, a five story building. And anybody who lives in a residential neighborhood that consists of maybe one or two story homes you don't necessarily want that five-story building next to your home right. or even in the middle of your, of your block or what have you. How does the Neighborhood Council galvanize the, the, the residents to be able to combat something like that? Or is that even combatible? It is. And, but here's the issue. Remember, these are people in a community from all different walks of life. The issue is, if you are not dealing with city hall issues or legislative issues or political issues, I wouldn't even say on a regular basis, but at least once a week engage in what's going on downtown. You run into the problem of being disconnected when you have an issue or a concern and you want it addressed. So these housing developments um, is, <clears throat> excuse me, is stemming from a couple of issues. One the Department of City Planning, and not having, I guess, a process, a systemic or a systematic process of being able to work alongside the community and giving voice to the community before these developers get here. So, i.e., we have developers coming into our community utilizing the transit-oriented district's incentive bonuses. We also have, you know, the measures that were passed dealing with homelessness, and so we have these competing interests that are coming into the community basically because they really don't have anywhere else to go to build with this type of density and these types of projects. We have stakeholders now who understand this and they see it coming. And so what we're doing is we're getting together to make sure we have our I's dotted and our T's crossed. And that folks downtown understand that it's not the cart before the horse. You have to come talk to us first before you decide to send somebody down there to talk to us about a development that you've already permitted. And these people have spent money on trying to get permitted to do the construction. So we have a few monstrosities uh, that come into the community five stories high in between or on a residential block, single family residential block. And we have neighbors concerned about somebody on the third floor floor looking in their backyard. I mean, imagine that. Then these developments do not have any legitimate parking to sustain the stakeholders who may be moving into the community. That parking has been an issue ever since the Crenshaw LAX line was created. And a lot of parking has been taken away from our community, so our businesses have suffered. The housing issue is the same. You're creating all this density and you're putting it in here and you're telling us that it's market rate, it's affordable, and it's low income. 
with stipulations. And we know at any time this affordable housing can disappear and it's right back at market rate. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just being simplified, but 55 years. But, you know, generations who've lived in this community will be gentrified in that aspect just on that alone. So if you cannot afford or you can barely afford, and this, this is strictly for the high park area. If you cannot afford the rent that you're on now in your Section 8 or some other type of voucher or housing assistance, and you have these new developments coming in saying that this is what they're going to do, which in actuality is increase uh, the rent in our areas, these are some of the problems that our stakeholders want to deal with. When you were talking about the schools and the Park Mesa Heights area, because we know that you are also part of Students Deserve, one of the oh, parent yeah. leaders of, of Students Deserve. I know Crenshaw High School is over there. I'm not sure about some of the other elementary schools or middle schools, but what's the state of those schools in the Park Mesa area? And maybe we'll get more into that after after the break, um, we'll we'll go into what the schools, what the what the Sounds the state good. of the schools are in the Park Mesa area, and then also talk about um, some of the other positions that are open for elections on June fifteenth for the Park Mesa Heights elections that's going to be occurring. You are listening. You are listening to Conversation Piece on Radio Justice Morning Wake Up Call with guest. President of Park Mesa Heights Community Council, Khalid Al-Alim. And he's discussing the hard work of neighborhood councils, its challenges, and the need for community involvement. Whoa! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. So good. A sugar and spice I feel nice A sugar and spice So nice So nice I got you I feel nice, sugar and spice. Piece. I'm Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to RadioJustice.org with guest Khalid Al-Alim, Park Mesa Heights Community Council President. Before we went to break, I was asking you about the state of the schools in the Park Mesa right. Heights area. Do you send your children to those schools? My children, uh, born and raised in the community, and yes, went to the community schools, proud graduates of Yes Academy Elementary, at one point in time, I had my children at Horseman Middle School, 
and I do have a graduate of Crenshaw High. So I'm real proud of our community schools. Of course I was involved. Of course I wanted to make sure that everybody in the community knew we could turn our schools around. So are they the best? No. Could they be better? Absolutely. But the issue is not charter versus traditional public. The issue is what do we want our children to have in terms of being able to be successful in life and giving them them fundamental building blocks to do such. And so you have to roll up your sleeves and get involved and just don't leave it to choice. And that's something else that being part of the neighborhood council is because then you're touching all aspects of the community. Housing, business development, workforce, and education, and, and I guess in so social parts. Right. I mean, our, our mission as a community council for those who come on board under my leadership is to understand we are going to raise the standard and quality of life. We're not just going to be sitting in a chair listening to people or people listening to us and then there's no action. So we plan on transforming. Now, a lot of transformation is being done without our input, our knowledge. And so we're working on that. And in terms of our schools, again, if you get involved, if you have the organizations that are willing to help and have a certain skill set to help bring academic success to our schools, then there won't be no need to send our schools, I mean, send our children to other schools outside our area. That is the number one issue that is just destroying LA Unified along with the charter school uh, growth. Is the fact that we send our kids to other schools in other districts I mean, not other districts, but outside the district. And, you know, that money goes with them. And so we don't even know. A lot of people don't know that our children may still not be getting the education one that they, they necessarily need. And we're starving the schools in our community. And Crenshaw High is a classic case. Crenshaw High could seat over 1,000 students. Last count, it was just under 900. So there's a lot of work to be done and making sure parents and community members understand our community schools are great, but they can only be great if you chip in and help. Uh, a lot of love and a lot of negotiating and hard work is necessary, but you don't have to demand a seat at the table. We are the table, and so we set the table for ourselves, and that's what the community council is here for. I like that. We, we are the table. We don't have to demand a seat at the table. That's right. Right. And and you and something else that you have said off air was that, you know, that word empowerment It's like I, I got the power. Right. I, I don't need you to empower me. Yeah. That's to me. That's a dirty <laughs> word to use a metaphor from that cat in the White House right now. But, yeah, please understand. All we have to do. We're stronger together. And I mean, it's just plain and simple. So if we work with our administrators at our school and let them know that we want you to run the operations of the school. But you have to respect us as parents and community. And we expect a certain, a certain type of learning to come out of these schools. We expect LAUSD to abide by that. That's our tax money. And here you are about to ask us for some more money through Prop EE, or I should say Measure EE. And one, you haven't even determined how that's going to affect communities, low-income communities of color. Two, we are really not sure of the oversight and accountability of that money. Because again, we just let the charter uh, industry run wild. And it had a lot to do with a lot of money being siphoned off into high salaries, but not into student achievement. And then we have this standardized testing from the floor to the wall. Our children need a 21st century education to complete to compete globally. All right. First and foremost, they need to learn how to speak another language. All right. Because this is a global community. And I'm not just saying they have to speak a European language because on the continent of Akibalan, our folks are doing their damn thing. So we have to make sure that we're gay, engaged with our African diaspora. We don't necessarily have to worry about what's going on with Brexit or any other that nonsense that don't pertain to us. But we do need to strengthen the bonds between our people. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that for sure. Um. Inglewood and the Los Angeles, the LAX Crenshaw Transit. I have never thought too much about it because as it's coming through Inglewood, it's already on 
tracks that are sitting there already you know so we're is just turning a a private railway into a public transit situation i never thought about what the development will be along that transit way except for maybe there'll be some more restaurants or something like that right. for for me to come out of pocket on right and but what you guys are dealing with in, um, in park mesa heights with it coming through through um, through Crenshaw between 48th and 60, 60th Street above ground. Of course, that that's that's great concern. But there's a corner in Inglewood on La Brea and, and Market where there's a a vacant lot, and the my my city councilman um, councilman George Dotson was very excited that development is coming to that corner. They're going to erect a 450 residential um, 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 building with a high-end supermarket at the bottom, maybe Trader Joe's or something like that, and a parking structure. With our conversation today, I realized that parking is probably not for that 250 resident, but it's probably a park and ride situation because that's going to be a train stop right there. And... I guess if if we're not, if I'm not, if Inglewood is not involved in their city council meetings, we wouldn't know what the plans are right. for that corner, right. let alone any other corners or areas along that LAX Crenshaw transit. Crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> that, Excuse you know, me. that, you know, because you just assume that it's going to be parking for the residents. No. what What's happening is, a lot of these developers coming into our community with these projects are taking advantage of bonus densities and incentives in building certain type of housing, whether it be supportive housing or transit-oriented housing. And there's a difference. And we need to understand, as a community, what we want in our community and how much of it. So if we have a serious homeless issue, in Park Mesa Heights, we have a lot of youth on the street. That's unacceptable. It should be intolerable. But we do. And we have wonderful organizations out there doing the work to try and rectify that. But here's the problem. If there is no communication between city planning, council person's office, and the community, then what we get is a hodgepodge of development that in the long run will not benefit the community at all. It's even easier to say that it will be detrimental to the community in so many ways. So that area that you just described, come on now, we're in between two football stadiums, Coliseum and then one for the Rams and the Chargers. And so a lot of that parking that should be for businesses is going to be scooped up so that these folks can get to and from an entertainment venue. That's unacceptable. I didn't even think about that part. Totally, I was took totally clueless on that because there there would be no reason why you wouldn't park over there and ride the shuttle yeah where are you going right yeah 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 Yeah, so that 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 parking is not for the 250 (laughs) residents and 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 then that that bonus density or, or some of these incentives that these developers are getting they don't have to establish a certain level of parking all they need to do is have parking for their staff who are going to maintain you know the facility but for the residents, and I can tell you right now, it is very difficult to park in my community. Uh, it seems like everybody's buying a car because of transit. But they believe, they being City Hall and those who come up with SB50 and, and these other nonsensical uh, solutions to the housing problem, what they want to do is tell us, the community, that that housing doesn't have any parking for the simple fact that those people are going to be using the train. Now, how did they get that into their, I guess, analysis of whether or not that is a good business move for them to put this, this, this project in our community boggles many minds. And so what we're doing as the Park Mesa Heights Community Council is ensuring that they come before us, let us know what this project is from top to bottom. We're willing to negotiate and talk to you about it. There are some stakeholders are saying, okay, if you want to build this, it should be built like this. 
let me know so that we can go ahead and do this in a community-friendly, community-aesthetic way, um, a communal way. And without that, we're going to have problems. You guys have an election coming up. We um, previously had Julia Smith on, yes. who is a candidate for the at-large representative. What does the at-large representative, what do you need that person to do? Well, that's a great question, and, and I appreciate that. First of all, let me tell you, I've had wonderful board members that have gotten us to this point where we're one of the most influential neighborhood councils in the city. So I want to thank each and every one of my board members, both past and present. Two, uh, with a caveat, I'm not here to endorse any of the new candidates that are uh, potentially coming on board. I just wish them all the success. And our office, the council office, is there for their need to be able to, to promote themselves in the best way to the community. We need the at-large rep. We have bylaws. And bylaws stipulate which each position and what the function and mission of the council is. And so my, I, I facilitate, I coordinate our high park and the community. Our at-large rep is mainly there to make sure that what falls off from any other of the issues that we have to deal with, that they can take that aside and keep working on that while our other reps are doing the business until we can bring that back on. So we have committees that we do a lot of work in to make recommendations and then we get it out there to the board. We do community impact statements to let the city know that, you know, this is what we're thinking. But our at-large rep, just like all the positions, the 15 positions we have on our board, it's important for the simple fact that they are back up. Um, and, and, and they can definitely initiate a lot more in a, in a broader area from their perspective as opposed to our area reps. Okay. All right. So, everybody, you have to, if you are part of the Park Mesa Heights area, you need to make sure that you get out and vote on Saturday, June 15th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Ascension Lutheran Church Hall, 5820 West Boulevard in Los Angeles. If you live, work, own property in the area, or declare a stake in the neighborhood, or at least 14 years of age at the time of the election, you can vote. And that includes formerly incarcerated individuals. That's right. Right. So get out to vote. Go to parkmesaheights.org. All right. Give us, um, you guys, your, your contact information, if or did I already give it, with the parkmesaheights.org. You, know you, you can definitely go to uh, parkmesaheights.org. You can pull the email list, and you can contact any board member specifically. You can also reach me. Great, great. All right. Well, Khalid, thank yes, you for, for coming on. It's been it's, great. It's always never long enough. You are <laughs> have a plethora of community information and news and updates and you most definitely affect change wherever you go. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for giving us a voice to do it. I appreciate it. You and your, your, your engineer extraordinaires, Tucker and Adam. <laughs> right, right. Yes, th thank you for always being available to us. Okay, well, thank you to my conversation piece guests, Park Mesa Heights community organizers, Julia Smith, who is running for Park Mesa Heights Community Council as at-large representative. She believes community problems can be solved by community members. And thank you to its president, Khalid Al-Alim, ensuring new real estate developments meet the needs of Park Mesa Heights and not the greed of investors. Remember to get your vote in on Saturday, June 15th. Go to parkmesaheights.org for more details on that. Thank you to Leslie Radford, CEO of RJLA, Adam Rice, Program Director, Joseph Tucker, my engineer and producer, Michael Washington of MWatch Soul for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RJLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes as you listen to us worldwide anytime on RadioJustice.org. Once again, thank you for allowing me to just share this special experience, a conversation piece on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.